Hi, I'm Aubrey Charette. Thanks so much for joining us today on the podcast for Harrisonburg Nazarene Church. Please subscribe for updates and new episodes to this podcast. Also, you can now search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Join us each Sunday at 9 and 10.30 a.m. on Facebook Live. Be sure to like or follow our page while you're there. Well, we're going to open the word. We're going to continue to worship by uh, hearing from God's word today. And we are going to conclude our series we've been in the midst of called Afraid Not. And God has really been working. And the reason I know that is because I've talked to some of you. And you've shared real vulnerably from your heart. Some of the things that God's been doing. And so I can just tell that this is an area in our lives that is real. This is an area in our our lives that is a a constant battle. And so for that reason, we've really taken seriously in these first few weeks of the year to really dig in deep and understand what is the message that God would have for us in the area of fear. Do you know in Scripture, specifically uh, Jesus, as he walked this earth, and as he taught, and as he spoke, and as he ministered, 21 different times is recorded in Scripture that he spoke on fear. That he commanded us, do not fear, do not be afraid. 21 different times that Jesus spoke specifically on this idea of fear. In our version event on the Bible app today, we have an event set up that outlines some of those examples. But as we look at Scripture, and as we look at not just what Jesus said, but we look at the entire story of Scripture... We see many more examples time and time again where God's word tells us do not fear. But there's another command, there's another idea that's introduced kind of alongside of this idea of fear not, do not be afraid. And it's the concept, the idea of courage. Maybe you're familiar with the story in the Old Testament that Joshua, he's following a Moses who was a great leader, who was leading God's people out of captivity in Egypt, and Moses doesn't get to enter into the promised land because of the disobedience, and so now Joshua is coming, and he's going to lead, and Joshua 1, you can look it up later, God says to him, Joshua, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid. More than once, Joshua has kind of presented this idea of courage. And if you look throughout Scripture, not just Joshua, but in 1 Chronicles, David tells his son Solomon, don't be afraid, be strong and courageous. Daniel chapter 10, Daniel is told the same thing from God, be strong, have courage. Even in the New Testament, Paul, he's writing to the church in Corinth, and he says these things. He says, stand firm in the faith, be men, be women of courage. Do not be afraid. And so we want to conclude our series today that's specifically addressing fear and anxiety. And we want to close leaning into this topic of courage. Can I be honest with you? The picture that I get in my mind when I think of courage, for a long time I have felt like it doesn't apply to me. When I think of courage, I think of you know, some guy jumping out of an airplane or some Navy SEAL, which is awesome, good for them, you know, but that's just not me. I mean, I'm afraid of skunks, you know, so, so when you know, I'm not joking, I really am. So when you think of me, I just don't, you know, in my own mind, I just don't think of this courageous, like I've never been in a fight in my life, uh, maybe my brother, and he was older and he always beat me up, you know, so, so just, I don't think of myself as this courageous, strong, you know, so maybe I'm the only one or maybe there's others in the room that when you hear the word courage, you feel like that doesn't really define you. It doesn't really apply to you. This is often what I think of when I think of courage. I think of courage as kind of this impenetrable robot. 
You know that no matter what's going on around them, they just kind of can go through. Nothing phases them. Nothing's wrong. They're good. They're just going to go through brick walls, whatever they got to do. That's somebody of courage. And maybe there's people like that. But today, as we look in God's word, that's not really what courage is about. I often think of, when I think of courage, I think of somebody that's just not phased by anything. And man, there are people like that that can really go through hard things and, and can do it with strength. And but ultimately, that's not even the definition of courage that we're going to talk about. One of my challenges in this series is I feel like courage is really the absence of fear. I believe that for a long time, and I believe that that's what God's word would say about courage. But you know, that's not even really true. Courage is not the absence of fear. In fact, I read this somewhere, and I've had it in my notes for years, but I wrote it down today. I think this is funny. I wrote this, courage is not the absence of fear. And then in parentheses, I wrote this, all the fearless people are dead. <laughs> I think that's funny. Maybe you don't. But I just say, right, right? It's like all the people that have no fear, yeah, they're, they're gone. They, they did something really stupid, and now they're right. Because that's not what courage is. Courage is not, I have no fear, right? That doesn't get you too far along in life. You know, courage is not even really being less afraid. It's not, if we were to, to get people up here and have kind of a hierarchy of, well, these are the really afraid people, these are the less, they're the courage. That's not it either. And so really this morning, this is what I want to do. I want to open up the word and I want to look at a snapshot a moment in time that if you were to kind of lift this moment off the page of Scripture, I think it's the most courageous moment that has ever existed in human history. I know that's a big statement, but I think it's true. And so I'm going to invite you to turn to Matthew 26. And I want to explain to you why this, I believe, is the most courageous moment in history. And Matthew, if you're not familiar, the Bible has four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And really what they are is they're biographies of Jesus' life. They're stories of helping us understand who Jesus was. And so this is Matthew's account. And in Matthew's account, and we get to chapter 26, we have to understand there's a lot that's happened so far in this account. The birth of Jesus, Merry Christmas, right? And the life of Jesus and the ministry of Jesus. But it's also important to know that Jesus' life was not just about his teachings. It was not, Jesus didn't just come to tell us a bunch of stuff and red letters that we could study later. But Jesus came and his ultimate purpose in coming was to die on the cross for our sins. For the sins of all mankind. Because we were sinners, we were enemies of God, and God's redemption plan for us was Jesus. And so if you're reading Matthew's story from beginning to end, this is kind of the climax of the story. This is the moment everything that's happened so far has kind of led us to this moment. And in just a few moments after the verses we're going to read, we're going to experience kind of, kind of the fulfillment of what Jesus was called to do. And so this moment, beyond any moment, this snapshot of this moment is so critical and so important because Jesus is praying in the Garden of Gethsemane and he, he knows the cross is coming. He is, he is standing in the shadow of the cross. He knows what is about to happen. And so because of that, this moment is so profound and yet filled with courage. So I want to begin reading in verse 36 of Matthew chapter 26. Uh, this is God's word for us today. So as then Jesus went with his disciples to the place called Gethsemane, he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and two sons of Zebedee, that would be James and John, along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. He said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. 
I want to pause and just acknowledge something. Maybe you didn't realize it. I'm not sure I always did. But Jesus is afraid. I mean, think about this. This this is what we think about when we think of Jesus. Jesus was absolutely 100% fully God. And we believe that to be true. And we believe that to be true because he shows us who God is. We understand and know God by looking at the life of Jesus. But sometimes when we read scripture, we talk about this often on, on Sunday mornings. We just kind of read Jesus as kind of hovering in and out of space and saying things. And he never sneezed and he never smelled and he never did anything. You know. And, and so sometimes we just, we just make Jesus because he was perfect and he was sinless. But he was, while 100% God, he was 100% human. And in this moment, there is no doubt in my mind that Jesus experiences fear. Don't take my word for it. Look. Look at what it says. Look at what Jesus says. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Talk about anxiety. Talk about fear. Luke's account says that Jesus' sweat was literally drops of blood. So this morning, we're not talking about a God who can't relate to fear. We're not talking about a God who never felt anxious. We're talking about a God who knows and understands fear very much so. But yet, we see his response. Let's continue reading verse 39. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. In verse 40, it says, he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you keep watch with me for one hour, he asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Verse 42, he went away a second time and prayed, my father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. Finally, verse 43, when he came back, he again found them sleeping. Their eyes were heavy, so he left them. He went away once more and prayed a third time. A third time, he says it, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come, and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. This moment in time is more than just a moment. It's more than just a story that we read. If it's a snapshot in scripture that we look at, we understand that at this moment there is so much that hangs in the balance because Jesus faces here what we, oh, I would say is a temptation. He knows the cross is coming and he knows that is his call. But in this moment of honesty, in this moment of realness before the Lord, in anxiety, even a little bit of fear... He begs and pleads the Lord if there is another way. You see, you may ask this morning, what is courage? Biblically, what are we talking about when we talk about courage? See, really, courage means that in the moment of truth, no matter what you feel, you obey. That's that's what Jesus is showing us here in Matthew 26. In the moment of truth, no matter what he feels, he obeys. 
You see, the lie that we believe, the lie that I've believed for so long is I can't have courage because I'm afraid, because I'm anxious. I'm not one of those people. I'm not, God didn't make me that way. And so because of that, I just have believed the lie for years that I can't have courage, that I can't be like that. But, but see, that couldn't be farther from the truth because really the one thing you have to have to have courage is fear. Because that's what courage is. It's overcoming fear. Courage isn't overcoming nothing. It's overcoming fear. So today, if you find yourself as somebody who battles fear and anxiety, you are the perfect candidate to be a person of courage. You see, often, as I was studying this week, and often this is how I think. This is the imagery that I think of when I think of the call to courage. You see, I often picture us kind of on this journey, on this path, and each of us are on that journey that God has for us, a call that he has for you. And what I picture is the moments in life that, that there's these kind of forks in the road, and it kind of splits one way or the other. And for years and years and years, this is kind of what I've believed, that I believe when you come to those forks in the road, it's really ultimately about fear. And so if I can overcome fear and if I can be somebody who's not fearful and not anxious, then I get to choose this path and experience the things that God has for me. But if I am overcome with fear and if anxiety has been knocking at my door and if I'm kind of buying in and letting that guide me, then it's over here. And so I believe for a long time that the fork in the road was fear. God would bless and honor those that didn't experience fear. But for those that, that dealt with it often, which I felt like was me, I was kind of less than. I, I couldn't experience the goodness that God has for me. But man, I, I got to tell you, I found freedom this week in, in taking a moment to just pause and reflect on Jesus being afraid. Jesus experiencing anxiety and fear at the face of his call. And so really the, the truth is this. The truth is the fork in the road for us is not fear. Because Jesus was afraid. Jesus had anxiety. And so for so long I believed in order to be used by God, in order to experience his blessing, I couldn't be afraid. I couldn't have, and so I always felt less than. But the truth is the fork in the road for us is not fear. The fork in the road for us is obedience. That's, that's the difference. That's the moment. That's the moment. It's not whether I experience fear because Jesus experienced that. What made all the difference in Jesus' life was that when, when push came to shove, the moment of decision, will I obey or will I not? In spite of fear, in spite of anxiety, even though I'm overcome, will I obey? You see, that is what makes the difference. That is what makes the difference between a life that God can bless and honor and fill with his presence and a life of, of struggle and, and being led by fear and anxiety. Don't take my word for it. Look again with me at the passage we just read because Jesus gives us three examples, not just one, not just two. I think Matthew knew, man, we would really need help to get this. We would really identify with fear and anxiety and worry, and so we would really need to see it, not just once, not just twice, but three times in this, in this critical moment of Jesus' life. And so look with me again. I'll have it on the screen, verse 39. Look at the prayer that Jesus is praying in the midst of fear and anxiety. He says this, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Jesus is saying, if there's any other way, Lord, please do that. Yet... Not as I will, but as you will. 
You know what that is? That's not a prayer of I've got it all together. That's not a prayer of I don't, I'm not afraid. I'm a, that's a prayer of God, here I am. Here's my heart. Here's how I'm feeling. But ultimately, God, I choose obedience. Your will, not mine. Look again, look again, verse 42. Jesus comes and he prays a second time. And this time his prayer is this. My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. We read that and we see Jesus is, he's suffering here. He's wrestling with the call that God had for him. This is not easy, but ultimately his prayer is, God, your will. Obedience. Finally, one of my favorite instances, you might miss it, right? Verse 46, look at how this passage ends. This is moment of more than a moment, right? At least an hour of just wrestling and struggling and, and the disciples keep falling asleep and Jesus, he's got to be frustrated. And, but ultimately, look at what Jesus says in verse 46, rise, let us go. Now, you've got to believe, right? You've got to believe that if I, as a pastor, have kind of said, hey, this year, you know what our theme's going to be as a church? It's going to be the word go. And if we're turning into a passage of scripture today where Jesus says, let's go, you've got to believe, like, I'm really psyched about that. You've got to believe. I'm like, yeah, look, Jesus said it, man. That's great. You've got to believe that, like, I can picture, like, the t-shirt, let's go, with Jesus kind of karate chopping a brick wall down, right? And that's like our anthem, yeah, let's go. Like, that's awesome. I love that visual and that idea of Jesus looking around, let's go. You know, like I love that. But that's, that's kind of not the image of courage that we're trying to, to fulfill this morning. That's the, that's the image of courage that often I can't relate to. But I want to pause in verse 46 because I think Jesus' response here, his invitation here is so good. And I think it means three things that are really important for us. The first, Jesus is obviously speaking about his own obedience. He's weighed the options. He's counted the cost. He's wrestled in prayer, distraught before the Lord. He's poured out his heart, fear, anxiety. Here I am, Lord. But ultimately, he's made the decision. I'm going to obey. I'm going to choose the path of obedience. Let's go. He knows. He knows the next verse. The next section, he's going to be arrested and betrayed. The next section, he's going to be whipped and beaten for our sins. The next verse, he, he's going to have a crown of thorns put on his head and paraded through town carrying the cross of a criminal. The next chapter, he's going to suffer and bleed and die for our sins. And he knows that, but he says yes anyway. Jesus says, let's go. He didn't allow fear. He didn't allow anxiety to have the final word in his life. He said, even with that, I choose obedience. And I believe Jesus knew what hung in the balance. I believe the reason that this is one of the most important moments of courage in human history is because you and I are standing on the other side of that courage. Because we were sinners, we were lost, and we were hopeless to do anything about it on our own. We could not be good enough. We couldn't earn it. We were enemies of God, living in sin. But Jesus came. He came to be the redemption, God's redemption plan for us. And in this moment, as Jesus says, let's go, he's saying, I'm going to obey. And the reason we're here today, the reason we have hope today, the reason we can celebrate baptism and new life today is because the moment of obedience that Jesus has. In this moment that he's not going to be driven by fear. He hears it. He acknowledges it. But he says, I'm going to obey anyway. Man, that's courage. That's courage. But look, 
let's look a little deeper because Jesus doesn't just say, I'm going. He says, let's go. And so Jesus is, is really inviting his disciples in on his obedience. He's really inviting, this is not just an individual decision that he's making, but he's, he's expressing his call for those that would follow after him. The mission ahead will not be easy. The call is not going to be an easy one. There will be a temptation moving forward to always pick that path of fear and anxiety to let that lead you. But in this moment, disciples, let's go. Let's choose the path. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be filled with rainbow and sunshine and always the blessings. That's not it. But in fact, he would say later or a different place in scripture, if you want to follow after me, take up your cross. That's the invitation he's inviting them to. It's not going to be an easy road, but he's saying to follow after me, it's a call of obedience. And this call is not just for three disciples gathered in the Garden of Eden. It's for all of us. As Jesus says, let's go. If you're going to bear witness of my name, if, if you're going to be Christ followers, if you're going to come after me, then you're going to be marked by a life of obedience. I'm marked by a life of not allowing fear and anxiety to dictate your path anymore. Let's go. Even towards the cross. Even towards sacrifice. Even towards times that will not be easy. Let's go. But look, there's one thing more that Jesus is saying. He's not just talking about his obedience. And he's not just inviting others to obey with him. Notice the communal language here is that we don't walk this road of obedience alone. Jesus isn't saying, I'm going. He's not saying, you get going. Jesus is saying, let's go. Let's go. And though in the disciples' heart and mind, on that Friday, as Jesus was crucified and put in the ground and their souls were crushed, in fear and anxiety had to be rearing its ugly head. They, they had to be listening time and time again to, oh, yeah, he's dead, he's buried, you're hopeless. You're, they had to hear that. We know, we know that on that Easter morning, Jesus rose from the grave and he conquered death. And we know that eventually he ascended into heaven and he left us here with his spirit. And so while today you may be saying, well, how do we walk in obedience with him? It's because he's promised that the same power that raised Christ from the dead can be alive in you today. And so as we hear Jesus calling us to let's go, we acknowledge he's not sending us out there on our own. He's not saying, good luck, toughen up, do it. No, no, he's saying, I am with you. Remember all those times throughout scripture where we're told to have courage, be courageous. Joshua, have courage, be courageous. Time and time again, what does it say? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid for I am with you. We do not walk this road of obedience alone. That's what the enemy wants you to think. That's what the one who, who wants to steal, kill, and destroy your life wants you to think. He wants you to think you're all alone. You just got to be tough enough. You got you to toughen up. You stop acting so afraid. Stop being so anxious. And ultimately, we, we can't do that on our own. And Jesus is not asking us to. He's saying the fork in the road is obedience, but come on. Let's go together. Let's walk this road together. There will be fear. There will be moments of anxiety. There will be moments where you'll look around and say, man, what is this all about? But, but let's, let's go together. 
You see, ultimately for us today, this is what I want you to know about courage. This is why it's so important for us. I believe that God has a call on each and every one of your lives individually. He has a call for us as a church. Man, that's beautiful and that's exciting. But he has a call for you individually. Some of you don't even believe that could be true, but it is. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, how good you think you are. It doesn't matter. God has a call for your life. And the danger is that we allow fear and anxiety. When we get to those moments in life, we allow fear and anxiety to have the final word and take us down a path that maybe is less than what God's best is for us. And so this morning, the reason I think this is so important is because I believe without courage, your calling is is crippled. It's, it's not doomed, it's not over, it's not impossible, but, but without courage, without those moments in our life where we can look fear and anxiety in the face and say, not my will, God, but yours be done. Without those moments where we're so tempted to give in to just how we feel, but instead we say, no, 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 I choose obedience. Because without those moments, your calling will be, it'll always be a battle. It'll always feel like you're running into a wall. It'll always feel like there's something missing. But I believe not even always the big moments, but even the small moments of courage when you say, God, I choose obedience in spite of fear. I believe God has a calling. He has more for you. He, he's not done with you. Man, you've experienced good things in the past, but God has more for you. You may feel like my life is a mess And it's a wreck, but God can redeem and restore. He has a calling for you, but without courage. I believe that calling can be crippled. So today, the band is going to come. They're going to help us as we prepare to close. But can I tell you, as I've been journeying and wrestling through this series, that I've had to deal with some of the fear that is present in my life. One of the things that I feel constant fear over uh, in my life is the fear of failure. And so this is what the enemy will kind of do. This is what fear and anxiety, the voice in my mind, and I've shared this often, will just kind of say, Adrian, you're not enough. You're not enough. This is too much for you. As a husband, as a father, you're not enough, Adrian. As a leader, pastor, you're not enough. And if I allow it, that voice can guide me and lead me down a path of destruction, of believing that, yeah, you know what, I'm not, I'm not good enough. I can't do this. I'm so afraid of failing. I'm so afraid of falling short. I'm so afraid of being inadequate that I can allow fear and anxiety to be debilitating. But as I was reflecting this week and as I was praying about what obedience means in my life, you know, I believe this is true and maybe it's true for you. At the end of our lives, you know what I believe we will regret most? At the end of our lives, what we will regret most is not the risks that we took. Not the times that we stepped out in obedience and maybe it didn't go as planned. Not the times, and look, I'm speaking this morning out of places in my life where there's some pain there. There's some disappointment of stepping out and not really seeing what God's up to. But at the end of my life, when it's all said and done, I think the regrets I have will not be about the times that I took risks. The regrets I will have will be about the times I played it safe. When I allow fear and anxiety to have the final word. When I stood at this kind of decision moment of my life, and instead of having the courage to obey, I think when I look back on my life, the moments I'll regret is when I played it safe, when I allowed fear and anxiety to have the driving force to pull me down a different path. I don't think it's the moments that I stepped out and I, and I failed. I think it's the moments that I never tried. And so this morning, I want to invite you to be men and women of courage in spite of fear, 
in spite of hard things, in spite of circumstances. I'm not inviting you to be a superhero today because if that was the call, I am disqualified. But just like our Savior, our Lord Jesus, who looked fear and anxiety in the face and said, I'm going to obey today. I want to invite you. Let's go. Let's go down the path of obedience. Let's go one step at a time, one small act of courage at a time. Let's go because without courage, your calling's crippled. It's, it'll be a constant struggle. To, and this path isn't easy, but it's a path of obedience. And so this morning, would you, for a minute, could you, could you bow your heads with me? And why do we do that? I just want to pause and, and I want to remove distraction in a world full of so much busyness in a world full of on to the next thing. For a moment, I just want to pause and invite you into a moment of prayer, into a moment of, of reflection. We closed last week by praying that God would search us and know our anxious thoughts, that he would see if there's any offensive way in us. And so today we don't have to hide from him. He sees us and he knows us. We don't have to be ashamed today. He meets us right where we are. But today, I do want to offer an invitation to you that if today you sense God is inviting you to courage, he's inviting you to take a step at this fork in the road that you're in, he's inviting you not to a path led by fear and anxiety, not to let that have the final word, but instead in obedience to answer his call, let's go. I don't know what that means in your life. I'm not trying to tell you what that means. I'm just, if you're here today and you just sense the spirit of God speaking to you and calling you to courage. Today, would you just stand to your feet? If that's you, I wanna pray. This is not religion. This is not stand to my feet because this is what we need to do. This is really an outward symbol of an inward decision. This is, this is one outward thing that we can do to take a step towards the courage that we sense God calling us to. And so today, if that's you, as I pray, we're not going to wait. I'm going to invite you to stand. If you sense God is saying, let's go. It's time. It's time to obey in spite of fear. God, I pray today for men and women, for students, for young and old, for all people gathered here today, that they would see that your calling for them is real. And today, if we allow fear and anxiety to cripple us, to, to point us in a, a different direction, to lead us down a different path, but I believe in faith today, you're calling us to courage. You're calling us to be men and women who will stand one step at a time. God, you're calling us as a church to be a church of courage, of obedience, that when those moments come, because they will, we choose the path that says, not my will, God, but yours be done. And so I pray today over broken situations and families, over heartache and disappointment, over uncertainty of the future, over pain from the past, whatever it is, Lord, today in confidence we say, let's go. I want to be a man. I want to be a woman of courage today. Not a superhero, God, because your power within us will give us the power to walk in obedience. Oh Lord, we need you today. And we sense your presence here among us. Church, let's stand this morning. Let's stand as we sing. Let's stand as we continue to pray and invite his presence here among us. Thank you again so much for listening today. 
Email us at info at for any questions about our church. We have two gatherings every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. and a third gathering at 11.45 in Spanish. Celebrate Recovery also meets here each and every Monday night at 6 p.m. We're at 1871 Boyers Road in Rockingham, Virginia, and we would love for you to join us. As soon as you're finished listening today, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.